Today is Good Friday. And as we think about that, I mean, that's obvious, that's why we're all here. But as we think about it, it's a rather odd name uh, for the day. And I think part of the way to, to understand how odd the good in Good Friday is, is to rightly understand who Jesus is. And I think that actually John in his gospel is very helpful here when he writes just in the first opening words of his gospel in the beginning. You see, his audience would have been familiar with Moses and Moses' writings, and they would have known that, that really the next few words were going to be, God created the heavens and the earth, because that's the way that Genesis starts, right? But that's not what John did. He said, in the beginning, and then he said, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, he goes on to say that all things came into being through the Word, and that apart from the Word, there is absolutely nothing that has come into being. So the question then obviously is, who is the Word? And John spends the rest of his gospel helping us understand that Jesus is the Word. So then as we think about Good Friday, as we think about who Jesus is, and we think about John with those opening lines of, of in the beginning, we actually, we recognize that he's saying the exact same thing as Moses, right? Moses on the one hand says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John on the other hand is saying, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth through the Lord Jesus through his eternal son. That's who Jesus is. He's the one through whom all things are made. He's the one who, who has created all that we see, all that's visible, all that's invisible. It makes me think, actually, of Isaiah 40. It's, it's, uh, it's a passage I know that some of the folks from Lydes uh, memorized parts of chapter 40 um, years ago. Um, I was not one of them, so I consult. Um, here we see this description of who God is. And it's who God is in relationship to, to other things. And, and the, the language here is fascinating. Right? He's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. You know, I once heard a, a preacher uh, d describe this. He says, do you know how much water you can hold? It's a teaspoon or a tablespoon. But the Lord holds it all. Right? The heavens are marked off by a span of his hand. Compared to him, the, the nations are as a drop of water in a bucket or the dust on the scales. They're insignificant. That's the Jesus who made all things. But the scriptures are, are pretty clear that Jesus doesn't just make all things as if that weren't enough. We see that Jesus is also the one who holds all things together. This is what Paul says in Colossians 1, right? That Jesus is the one who, who's, who's holding all things together. He, he's, he's governing the affairs of the world. 
And this isn't a recent sort of job that he's taken on, but if John is right, if, 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 we, if we understand the scriptures, we understand that, that this is something that Jesus has done since the creation of the world. So Jesus then, the eternal son of God, is the one who made all things and sustains all things. And today is Good Friday. Today is the day when we remember and recognize Jesus' death on the cross. Now think just for a moment what that entails. Peter just read from from Mark 15. And and in Mark 15 you see this this picture of of Jesus as he's before Pilate and then when he's on the cross and, and he says very little. But one of the things that he says is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's going on? In that moment, Jesus is bearing, he's carrying, he's receiving all of the wrath of God against sin. And Jesus is bearing that on behalf of all of his people, on behalf of you and on behalf of me. And he's taking that sin away, right? Now, the the great news of the gospel is not only does he take away our sin, he gives us his righteousness so that we can stand in the presence of God, blameless, perfect. Not of our own ability, but because of Christ. But but for tonight, as we're thinking about Good Friday, as we think about Jesus as the one who creates all things and sustains all things, we need to remember that he bore the wrath of God. He was forsaken. That means he felt none of the Lord's loving kindness and felt all of the Lord's fury and wrath and indignation. And what does the text say happens? After Jesus has said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, he has a loud utterance, right? The temple, uh, the, 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 the veil is torn in two, but he dies. Now, as we think about that, Mark omits a detail that's present in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew, at that time, says that there was a great earthquake. Rocks were split apart. If we rightly understand Jesus as the one who has made all things, the one who sustains all things, I have to be honest. I'm a little surprised that it was just an earthquake. I mean, I guess from a human perspective, I would look at that and say, well, if, if the one who sustains the world bears the wrath of God and dies, shouldn't the world fall apart? Shouldn't the earth stop spinning? Shouldn't the, the oceans boil and, and, and all things pass away? I mean, after all, God doesn't need creation. God doesn't need you know, he's not lonely. He doesn't need conversation. He, he doesn't need you or me just to, you know, hang out. So, as I think about who Jesus is, as I think about what Jesus does, I marvel at the fact that at his death, the world just didn't simply stop. Well, why? Why is it that that didn't happen? It's because 
It was God's purpose that this, this death on the cross, would be the way in which he would bring sinners like you and sinners like me back to himself. And it needs to be said that Jesus, though he dies, he does not cease to exist, right? He, he bore the wrath of, of, of the Lord upon him, and then he said, it is finished, and it was done. And he even says to the thief next to him, right, today you will be with me in paradise, so that we know that as he breathed his last, he went to be with the Father, And of course, we have the good news of of Easter Sunday as he's risen again, and and we look forward to um, his return amongst us in a a physical form, but but we, we recognize that this is a good Friday because the world didn't cease to, to be. We recognize that this is a good Friday because on this Friday, when the king of all, who made all things, bore the wrath of God and perished. He did so that we might live and that death's sting might be removed once for always. Not on the basis of what you've done or said or thought, but on the basis of the Lord Jesus and his perfect life and sacrifice. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening. We're delighted to call this Good Friday. Not because in an in a experiential way what, what our Savior experienced, what he, what he lived through was pleasant or enjoyable, but we call this Good Friday because this is the day where you accomplished once for all the redemption of your people. Lord, as we come to you in the name of our Redeemer, we praise you for that deliverance. We praise you that today we can say it's Good Friday. And Lord, as we, as we think about Lydie's Church in this immediate Uh, southeastern Pennsylvania area set inside the nation and world, Lord, we pray for renewal. We pray that your spirit would be at work at at all levels of life. As we think about uh, this nation, as we think about things like primary elections and and governance and, and all the circumstances of life, we pray that your spirit would be present that your spirit would be guiding, that your spirit would be shaping the hearts and minds of men, that that individuals called to leadership in, in all areas of life would look to you and and the way in which you've revealed yourself in your word. And we pray that there would be a, a new birth of genuine godliness in our land. Lord, we pray for those at Lydie's Church, and today we pray for fathers. We pray for fathers, remembering that today you, our Heavenly Father, poured out your wrath on your Son, whom you loved, 
to redeem us, to call us your own. And so, Lord, today we pray for fathers, and we pray that you would strengthen them by your spirit, that you would enable them to to lead their families well, and we pray that you would help them to, to raise their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. At the same time, we pray for mothers. We even pray for expectant mothers. We know that life is precious and that it comes from you. And we live in a world that says that our life is not important, says that, that life is meaningless and that individuals have no lasting meaning. But we know that we are each made in your image And so we pray for fathers and mothers as they work together to to communicate your love and your mercy to their children. And now, Lord, we join our voices to our hearts, praying as you instructed. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.